I know Lisa, don't ghost us on last week's episode of Bewitched Banter's Haunted Places episode. This week, Amy and I are going to respectfully ask you not to ghost us for real. We recorded these bad boys months and months ago. This is when we were babies and newbies to podcasting. So really appreciate you guys listening. And this audio, just heads up, may not be the best quality, but the stories are on point and we've got some great conversation between the two of us. Banter as always that you can expect. Please stay tuned and thanks again for listening. I'm not a psychic, but I foresee a lot of cussing ahead in this episode of Bewitch Banter. You have been warned, content is not suitable for all listeners. And I'm Amy, and I tend to believe that people are naturally good. But ironically, I'm a super believer in the supernatural and all things spiritual. And I'm a total skeptic. We're best friends, and in this podcast, we're seeking to explore and understand each other's perspectives with deep dives into the spooky, the spiritual, the magical, and the mystical. And what I would call some straight-up spoofs. Today, we are covering psychics solving crimes. Let's cheers to that. Cheers. Let's get spiritual. Fuck that. Let's get cynical. All right. You ready to dive in? Yes. Psychics. So ready. All right. I will preface this all by saying that while I do believe a very small percentage of people have the gift of extrasensory perception, or ESP, and that it does indeed exist, I also recognize that 99.9% of others claiming to be, quote, psychic or a medium are mostly con artists taking advantage of people in their most desperate and vulnerable states. So you stole my question. I was going to ask how many people you thought actually were true psychics. I think it's hard to quantify, but I also do believe that it does exist, like I said. So let's get into defining the two a little bit more because there is a difference. Did you know that? There's a difference between psychic and medium. A difference between bullshit and bullshit. (laughs) Bullshit A, bullshit B. So yeah. Um, Or C, all above. So psychic versus medium, are they always the same? Like I said, not always, despite having very spooky or supernatural connotations. They in fact have distinct meanings as adjectives. So definitions from my very own psychic tarot oracle deck by John Holland. We have clear sentence, which means inner feeling. Okay, I was like, whoa, I don't know that word. We have clear audience, which means inner hearing. And then we have clairvoyance, which means inner seeing. Okay, wait, repeat that. So clear, clear what? Clear sentence. So sentiment, oh, okay. feel, clear audience, audio, mm-hmm. inner hearing, and then clairvoyance, inner, inner okay. seeing. I'm getting it. Got it? Mm-hmm. All right. So psychic from dictionary.com first appeared in English roughly in 1855 to 1860. It originates from the Greek word psychosis, meaning of the soul. Some synonyms as an adjective, psychic is also referred to spiritual, supernatural, paranormal, psychological, and metaphysical. Used in a sentence, psychic refers to a person who is sensitive to psychic influences or forces. For example, since she was a little girl, John's grandmother has sworn she's a psychic and can tell when something bad will happen. 
In addition, other synonyms to psychic include clairvoyant, fortune teller, and prophet. Medium, also quoted from dictionary.com, medium originates from the Latin word medius or middle, and it was first seen in English between 1575 and 85. Similar to psychic, medium can also mean, quote, a person through whom the spirits of the dead are alleged to contacting the living. For example, after her mother suddenly died, Lucy went to medium to connect with her mom's spirit and communicate with her one last time. So basically you're telling me medium, they talk to the dead, Mm -hmm. like Sixth Sense, Mm -hmm. the movie. Mm -hmm. Psychic can see the future. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I would never, if you told me medium psychic, I would assume that's the same thing. No, no, you nailed it. So again, psychic claims to see your future or somehow into your fortune, whereas they don't necessarily see the dead or hear the dead, communicate with the dead, whereas a medium does. Okay. So technically you could be both one or the other, Mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily direct synonyms. I mean, who I'm going to cover today claims to be all of it. Oh, oh boy. I'm nervy. (laughs) There are some techniques that people use, um, which I know you are well aware of, um, but we're going to get into those um, a little bit later. I'm going to start getting into the history now. So uh, not surprisingly, and at least not to me, psychics and mediums in all forms of divination have been part of humans' natural curiosity and our progression for most of our time on this planet. I could see that. Like, obviously today, I mean, a lot of people, obviously, (laughs) we're in messed up times where we realize that half the population doesn't believe in science. But Oh, God. So maybe like this archaic mindset of like, we got to make things up. Actually, I'm (laughs) talking about Facebook right now. Yeah, but but those people don't even believe in science. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck do they believe? But they would find, they would much rather find some random person who... Let's not even Is get it an orange it. Yeah. orangutan to believe yes. in? Yeah. No, but it, like, <laughs> it makes sense to me when back in the old days, mm-hmm. uh, like when they didn't have answers for things, like no wonder you would go to someone who seemed knowledgeable, who might have the answers and who maybe had luck occasionally and predicted a few things. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm going to get into why that is here in a moment. Some ancient societies that used techniques such as astrology or using the alignment of the positions and of the sun, the stars, the moon to predict some others futures and fortunes included Mesopotamia, Egypt, China, and India. The oldest known horoscopes that remain as writings come from Babylon. These ancient horoscopes were used by priests not to necessarily predict the future for individuals as we now understand them in Western culture, but they are actually used in the development of cities and important social and political movements. So these quote-unquote prophets or seers had a pivotal role in their respective early civilizations. But that reminds me so much of when I went to Belize. They said that there was people there who were like people who were in power. They became in power because they were so in touch with the land Mm -hmm. that they could look at a certain plant, for example, and if it was wilting a certain way, they could tell you, they could look at the person who didn't have this knowledge and tell them, hey, it's going to rain for a week straight Mm -hmm. and then it would rain and then these all the common people I don't want to call them common what's politically I don't know the people that weren't prophets how about that well they weren't prophets but they were just in touch with the land but they used it to be powerful sure and they would say these things and then people would be like wow and then the most interesting story to me was like they'd elevate them to like no but they would use it like to fuck with people so like for example like that's fucked up no like a king would say like 
I'm not going to kill you, but you're, they would like find plants that they knew weren't going to like to build a structure that weren't going to last for a year. Mm-hmm. But they're like, your house is going to crumble. But they built the house looking at the plant, knowing it was going to crumble. And then they would come back to the king and be like, I'm so sorry. I, I messed up. I, I'm so sorry. You called it. My house was going to crumble and it did. Wow. So the kings even used these platforms, as I'm going to get into, as like tools of power. And I like anyone who is a historian listening to me, I'm probably doing a terrible job. <laughs> I went on like one tour and now I'm like trying to retell the history. But I'm just saying all that is interesting. Well, remember how I was talking to you about the Mayan gods and God of okay, rain? Okay, probably a Mayan god. <laughs> yeah, probably from Belize. A while back, it was raining and my dad and I were on the canal and it was starting to rain and we're like, we want more. So we started saying, like chanting the Mayan God of Rain, which supposedly, according to my father, I should fact, fact check his ass, to be honest with you, um, is Jock. Sounds like Jock, kind of, but Jock. And so we kept chanting it, chanting it, and it started to rain. And then yesterday, actually, <laughs> we started doing it again and it started to rain. So you know how I feel about these things. But again, yes. I wonder if it was dark and cloudy and that's what made mm. you Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> Cloudy with a chance of bullshit. How painful was According that? According to Amy. That? <laughs> it was pretty bad. But I, I do, I don't know, like you were saying, if you put your energy into the land and the environment, it listens back. I firmly believe that. Okay. So anyway, obviously these early prophets or seers had a pivotal role in earlier civil civilizations, as we just discussed, you know, and they were really relied on by the king on whoever the fuck the leader was to, you know, say, hey, hey, this is the way the military is going to move. Hey, this is what we have to do for what way we have to like move into or what have you. They've made insanely big decisions on massive civilizations just because they were using these quote unquote prophets or what some might today call psychics or mediums. So there's way, 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 way too much to cover from ancient societies when it comes to horoscopes and astrology and, and psychics. So we will cover that sometime at a later date and, and more specific to each of those those societies. But I'm going to bring it now into um, the 19th century and modern spiritualism, quote unquote. In the mid 19th century, modern spiritualism became prominent in the United States and the UK. The movement's distinguishing feature was the belief that the spirits of the dead could be contacted by mediums to lend insight into the living. That's from Wikipedia PS. The movement was fueled by, in part, anecdotes from psychic powers, those who claimed to have them. One such person believed to have extraordinary abilities was Daniel Douglas Holm. He gained major fame during the Victorian period for his purported ability to levitate to various heights and speak to the dead. So who knows if that fucking is true? I don't know. That one's a little fishy even to me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, uh, okay, yeah. So, but as the spiritualist movement grew, other comparable groups arose, including the um, Theo... Suffical Society, which was founded in 1875 by Helena Blatowski. It coupled spiritualist elements with Eastern mysticism. So all those earlier societies I just mentioned. And it was, so a woman actually founded this? Mm-hmm. And actually, we are sticking with the spiritualism movement. It was really became big in the U.S. by three sisters named the Fox Sisters in upstate New York. And people would come to these sisters, like flock to them, like like a circus event or like a major tourist were attraction. They, they, I bet you they were. And they would act drunk. They would act like they would assume the position of a man that men had in that time in society where women were like, quote unquote, silenced. That's awesome, though. Right. I mean, in a weird way, like, I think it's cool that 
they had power, which they weren't allowed to have at that time. Mm-hmm. But then I also wonder if the whole thing was an act because they they got to become, they got to act like the men. Exactly. And they had been deprived of that. And I can imagine in those days, it's like you you had your like husband or your brother mm-hmm. or your father. It doesn't matter. Some significant person in your life who got to act like a certain way that you were never able to act or like you might be called a witch or right banned from the family or ostracized god forbid you got drunk i guess we'd be burned at the stake yes (laughs) many times over yeah you couldn't be horny you couldn't be sexy you couldn't be anything other than a prude ass boring ass bitch and so these women really um submissive like your whole role was to make your role in life was to make someone else happy it wasn't to fulfill your life exactly and so but I'm torn like I wonder if like they I wonder if they were true believers and they actually thought they were psychics or they were like I mean I can't blame them to a certain extent because mm-hmm. I feel like if you were so deprived of being who you are and having power and just being told like deal this is the cards you were dealt yeah I would do it. I mean, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking like what I do and part of me thinks to feel that like the adrenaline rush, the natural high they might have had. Oh, yeah. From like, oh, I got to be drunk in public. I got to act like a fool. I got to be loud. Wear something risque. God for fucking bed. Be anything I want to be and act the way I want to act. And people are applauding me, praising me, thinking I'm the Mm -hmm. best thing ever. Maybe I, I probably would. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I think they were eventually debunked, but I do think to your point, they probably got a high off the power and started to believe their own ability. I don't know. Like when I said when I say I would have done that, would I have been brave enough? I don't know that. That's the part of question. But would, mm-hmm. if I had like, but also if I had the opportunity laying in front of me, it was easy. Oh, yeah. Not dismissing, dismissing myself. It's just like it's hard to you always imagine yourself when you put yourself in like if I lived in that time, would I have done Would I have reacted the way everyone else reacted mm-hmm. or would I have like stuck out and did something different? and be an independent thinker. Not that I don't think I am one, but it's one of those weird things. It's like, you don't know, nurture. Sure. No, absolutely. I think, I don't know. If I got a taste of it being so repressed, I would have been like, fuck yeah, let's do this. You know, you also question like, would you even know a difference? If that's the only life you lived? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, these are all questions we thankfully it's for the beyond contact the dead <laughs> contact the conjure the foxes i will talk to the foxes tonight <laughs> tonight in your dreams be like, leave me alone please they're like bitch you don't believe me no how bye but as we move on and into the spiritualist movement it was huge as i said it was a global movement um, where people were really looking to combine ancient mysticism from eastern parts of the world well into the 20th century which later then influenced um new age the new age movement in the 70s so again you're having these religious quote-unquote western beliefs trying to couple it with something that that goes into like new age new age stuff um and by the late 20th century psychics were commonly associated with what i just said the new age culture and psychic readings and advertising for psychics who you'll get into later uh were very common uh, from the 1960s on as readings were offered for a fee and given in settings such as over the phones 
in a home or at psychic fairs. That said, you'll be happy to know there were plenty of skeptics along the way. I mean, that's a given. A detailed study of who you're going to cover later is of Sylvia Brown shows that predictions about her missing persons and murder cases showed that despite her repeated claims, more than 85% were not correct. Brown has not even quote unquote, even been mostly correct in a single case. That's from Wikipedia as you're not surprised. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm holding back because I'm going to cover it, but she is an awful woman. Yeah. Mm, it seems like it from that statistic here. Concerning television psychics, James Underdown states that testing psychics in a studio setting is difficult. There are too many areas to control. There's so many others that were proven as bullshit. John Edwards, James Pra. Is it bad? I don't know some of these names. No, it's probably great because you're right on point with your actual belief okay. <laughs> of not knowing a- these. John Edwards is a big one though because he had massive like TV series where he would like, you know, bring her up and I'm going to tell you your loved one they're talking to you right now and he was like huge i'm sure these are household names i'm like i don't know these people Mm -hmm. no he he was and he got debunked hardcore we'll save it we'll do it for another episode yeah i forgot how and by whom but he was like totally fraud that saddens me but he was he was super super uh was fraudulent. he like from our age, like when we were in the nineties? I think so. I think late eighties, early nineties. I have to, I'd on have TV. To, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't. And honestly, I think even to the early two thousands. I have to double check that. But I did not like. I didn't grow up cable, so maybe that's why. How'd you live, girl? <laughs> so I was playing with sticks. No, I. I, I <laughs> so you weren't conjuring stuff with sticks? <laughs> no, I saw TV. I just didn't have like local cable networks. If that makes sense. We had, like, we had to have like a satellite. No, I get I didn't, it. I wasn't like deprived. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even have Nickelodeon and shit, man. I didn't. That's one channel I didn't have. Whoa. You, you was definitely deprived in our era. I would watch it at friends' houses. Oh, that's what I did. I watched porn at friends' houses. <laughs> anyway, Disney um, was like my thing. Disney was your porn. <laughs> All right. So before I wrap it up, there are a few techniques that psychics use to read people or psychics and mediums use to read people. We have a cold reading. Any guess on what that might be? Ooh, you have wrinkly hands. You're old. <laughs> You've been through things. Oh, you have a wedding ring. You might be married. Ooh, you got a big belly. Might be pregnant. Okay, so that's a cold reading. Exactly right. They see you. They see how you're dressed, how you speak, uh, your mannerisms, anything that physically you could give away to them as a hint. You're carrying, for my sake, a recorder or a notebook or a laptop. Oh, you're a writer. Oh, what gave you that fucking impression? That kind of shit. Or wedding ring. It's a great example. Mm -hmm. That's a cold reading. Now, a hot reading is way more nefarious, in my opinion, because it's kind of like stalking, where the psychic and or medium actually does some recon on you before you go to see them unbeknownst to you. It's like some Facebook stalking. Yeah, dude. And it's like, that's so, that's okay, so. That any girl could do that. Like any single girl is like about to go you on a date. You gotta teach me how. I don't know how. No, but I'm like any single girl who's about to go on a date. She's a psychic and she's been doing a hot <laughs> ring. She's like, okay, that's his ex-girlfriend. Ooh, he was fat at one point. Oh, he had red hair. Oh, he's on the football team. Immediately you're hired. Thanks for my dating profile. P.S. We're slacking. It's almost uh, end of August, girl. Oh, yes. So, Krista, uh, we had an agreement. <laughs> when did we come up with that? Uh, I don't know. Sometime last month, which is it now. last month. Yes, it was. Your time is getting blurred. It's August now. No, but we agreed a few months ago. July. She's going to let me help her make a dating profile. It's going to be the first time for her, like, 
ever date in my adult life. Yes. Yeah. So you guys should stay tuned for that. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you don't care about the spiritual stuff. Come at me, fellas. Single, ready to mingle. This is not your dating ad. (laughs) It is right now. Anyway, so that was a hot reading. And I'm again hiring Amy to do a hot reading for any y'all motherfuckers out there. Watch out. I'm going to know about you. I think that's girl instinct, though. (laughs) It ain't mine. Shit, I haven't been through. I've been out of the game, if you guys couldn't tell, for like 20 fucking years. You'll be a pro day two. You don't need me. Oh, fucking I hope. I hope, girl. Over the years, by the way, Ames, there have been plenty of skeptics like you. Harry Price and Houdini are notable folks who actually set out to disprove psychics at all costs. And they actually set up societies to show like this shit is not real. Like you're 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 manifesting bullshit like a plaster or 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 like fake what have you. They 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 actually proved that it was bullshit through scientific methods. So no surprise, unbeknownst to you, the uh, fact that ESP or extrasensory perception, as I started this episode, is not widely accepted in the scientific community. But is anything spiritual? Um, I don't know. I think that's hard to say because back in the day, we'll have to get into this in another episode, but there were a lot of the Renaissance men actually were deeply scientific and deeply spiritual at the same time. And they believed in that they did coexist. So I think that's a whole nother episode, but great question. But today, in today's society, scientists, doctors, anyone in the actual scientific community does not accept ESP or so any not form like of it. Facebook Bob who's telling me <laughs> vaccines <laughs> will make me infertile. Oh God, fucking non-vaxxers, man. Moral of the story, uh, although many people like me believe in psychic abilities, at least to some extent, I do believe, like I said, a very tiny percentage of the world has a gift. Um, Again, the scientific consensus is that there is no proof of the existence of such powers and it describes psychics as pseudoscience. Um, So basically, according to the scientific community and medical community and psychological community, unless you're a parapsychologist, being a psychic and or medium is all bullshit. So once more, yes, I personally believe that a small percentage of folks do have the gift of ESP. Um, and I do believe that the people that do have it do use it for good as best as they can. It's all cover in my case. Um, unfortunately, like in your case, you're about to cover the majority of psych- people claiming to be psychics and or mediums are scam artists. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's why me, it's like awesome we can have this conversation because you're a total believer. And I think people just have great luck great stalking skills mm-hmm. and they're great at cold reading and they know how to be vague manipulate well and people. today with hot reading and like you said Facebook and all the other technology you can google someone and be like oh have you ever googled yourself yeah I get my LinkedIn my Twitter what the fuck else do I get? I guess all my social media platforms I don't think I show up right away thankfully there's probably a lot of Amy Holtz out there I'm not I'm pretty happy about that <laughs> yeah you're lucky mine comes right up but Anyway, again, unfortunately for me, the believer, so many folks are that are claiming to have ESP are really honestly taking advantage of people in their most vulnerable states. People like Sylvia Brown coming up next, coming in hot. I know. I can't wait. Uh, Tell me about it. <laughs> uh, people like she, the Warrens. Yeah, she's bad. The Warrens as well. They are in all the Conjuring movies or the basis of the Conjuring movies. And as I mentioned just 
above John Edwards, who was a TV psychic. These folks capitalize on people and distraught families. Unfortunately, most often about their loved ones and missing persons and murder cases. And that is a perfect segue into that Amy will cover. and what I would call slash the biggest con artist of all time, Sylvia Brown, which Krista had mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So let's rewind to about a year ago, actually thinking about it more like 15 to 16 months ago when Mm -hmm. COVID hit and the whole world shut down. Mm -hmm. So Sylvia Brown... Do you remember? I mean, we don't have to really go back to (laughs) mental darkness. But so Sylvia Brown was uh, blowing up on social media and people like... Kim Kardashian were tweeting about how Sylvia predicted the pandemic in her book. Oh, of course uh, she would. And <laughs> her book was called End of Days, Predictions and Prophecies About the End of the World. And this is a quote from her book I'm going to read to you. It says, in around 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness will spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and bronchial tubes and resisting, resisting all known treatments. Almost more baffling than the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish as quickly as it has arrived. Attack and then attack again ten years later, (gasps) and then disappear completely. Back in twenty ten. I mean, I mean, I just said she's the biggest con artist of all time, so I wouldn't. Well, you know me, I'm a believer. Okay, I, I don't know. I don't want this shit to ever happen again. But I feel like her and Trump are on the same wavelength. Because he said right away it was going to go away at Easter. It's going to go away when it gets Believe warm. Believe me. Um, in her book, she did not mention anything about uh, ingesting bleach, though. So her and oh, Trump. Oh, right. Are, they, yeah. ba- they missed a page yeah. there of notes. <laughs> and to tell you a little bit more about how batshit crazy she is, here are some other crazy predictions that she had made in the same book that ended up obviously not being true. So she predicted that there are people, um, excuse me, there would be people who would get a bacterial infection. It'd be a flesh-eating disease Ooh. that would arrive in 2010. I don't remember that happening. Thank God. Um, it's worse than COVID in my humble opinion. And this is something sometimes I prayed about, even though I'm not a believer, it says 2020 will mark the end of the U.S. presidency. I felt that way when we had Trump in office Mm -mm. and the executive branch of the government. America will finally be fed up by then and leave it at that. I mean, I mean, we were all really fed up, the majority of us. Uh, By early 2020, humans will reach an accord with aliens. I don't think that (laughs) happened. And I thought this was funny. Sometime oh, between geez. 2008 and 2020, a sitting president will die in office of a heart attack. Almost happened. Damn it. He with all the McDonald's. Unscathed, the motherfucker. <laughs> and the vice president who assumes the presidency will declare war on North Korea in light of his accurate, accurate belief that the Asian country is in possession of weapons of mass destruction. Or like the COVID variants. She didn't say that, but that was... So those are some of the things she said in her book. Obviously, I don't think a lot of them came true, or none of them came true. And just to give you a little... I'm going to go in now into, like, the background of who Sylvia Brown is in her story. Did you... Sorry, did you say what year she published her book, more or less? It... It's okay if you don't have it. I just... No, so... It's all good. I was just curious. It was before 2020. Okay. That's all I can tell you. Fair. Fair. Got you. So, Sylvia Brown was born on October 9th, 1936. That makes her a Libra. Does it? Ew. Bye, girl. 
and she grew up in Kansas, Missouri. She claimed that her powers manifested when she was about three years old. And so at the age of three, she claims she predicted her grandfather's death, like when he would die. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she claimed, like, she knew when her sister... Can you even, like, formulate sentences at three years old? Especially that depth? I mean, Sylvia Brown could do do it all, supposedly. Apparently. I mean, everyone needs to check out her website. I I mean, I don't want to encourage uh, traffic, but her website is very scary. I spent a little too much time on it. Google if you're interested in uncovering her shittiness. And then she also predicted the birth of her sister. They didn't really explain what they meant by that. Um, But she went to college as an English major, and before she ended up... um before, sorry, before she became a psychic, she ended up being coming. Before she became a psychic, I'm sorry. Even that's funny to me. Oh, wait, never mind. She was a psychic since she was three, so okay, let me rephrase that. Sorry. Before funny. she became a professional practicing psychic for money, <laughs> let me say it that way. Chosen career path psychic. Yeah, chosen career path. She was a English teacher at a Catholic school for 18 years. And she had two sons, and I'm assuming she didn't predict this or foresee this in the future. But she ended up uh, saying, I do, about five times. Good Lord. And her son, Chris Dufresne. I got one down, but shit. Five, five is like, all right, what you doing? I was talking about this the other night. I'm like, quit. At, after two, just, just, yeah, just stop. tell yourself you're not for marriage. Yeah, preach. Her son, uh, Christopher Fence, if I'm saying that right, is a self-proclaimed psychic and author. Her grandmother was a counselor and healer, and she believes that her psychic ability is something that was inherited, like passed down through the family. I, I dig that. So I runs through that. her family tree. Usually it is, in my woo-woo-ness, uh, matriarchal passed down, yes. And so while she was teaching, uh, that's when she actually like sought out to be trained as a hypnotist and a trance medium. And Krista covered earlier what a medium is. And basically, she claimed that she could see into the past, the future, and the afterlife. She claimed that she could reach back centuries to speak to the dead. Hmm. And she has written over 40 books on spirituality, um, self-help, paranormal phenomena. 22 of them were uh, New York Times books. Bestsellers, actually. Wow. Yeah, so she did pretty well financially. No shit. Um, the majority of her income came from customers calling and paying for her to use her psychic powers to answer their their questions. And so, yeah, it's like the thing I was saying earlier, like, New Age, like, they capitalize on the telephone or, like, ways to monetize mm-hmm. fake accusation or fake uh, proclamations. Mm-hmm. And her customers were paying on average about $700 to speak to her for 30 minutes. Imagine her... Av- 700 bucks? Seven, so her hourly wage... 1400 bucks. Yes. And yeah, often we're it was... We're doing something wrong. <laughs> yes. Well... You want to become a psychic with me? No, because we're good people. <laughs> I If I was a psychic, I'd like... Girl, you just need therapy. <laughs> what if I came to you tomorrow and was like, I'm quitting our current role at our current shared university and was like, yo, this is what's up. This is what we're doing. We're becoming psychics at the mall. <laughs> Often it was said that you had to be on a four year waiting list to speak to her. 
if you can imagine. And then she would even host uh, like cruises where people would pay thousands of dollars to spend a few days with her. And I, that, like, the only reason I discovered that is because um, one of the stories I was reading about her, one of her big like critics, he was a journalist and he attended the cruise to kind of see yes, what it was all about. Shit out. Yeah. Good for him. And she actually, I was really surprised by this. I didn't know this. She regularly appeared on shows like Larry King Live and she was a regular ghost or not ghost. <laughs> Maybe she was one of the ghosts that she proclaims to have seen. That was a great slip. Okay, guest on the Montel Williams show. Montel. What and you doing, Bo? And she became most famous for telling parents of missing children what happened to their kids on the Montel Williams show. So awful. And she would usually tell the parents where she thought the kid was or if she believed the kid was dead. And through that show, is documented documented you know what I'm saying proven several times that her gift was wrong and Montel Williams was once asked in a radio interview why he had Sylvia Brown on his show and this is a quote from him he said she's great she's a funny character she's hysterical so hysterical that you tell hysterical parents that their children are alive and they're not and that tells me he knew she was like a fake fraud. He didn't believe any of it from that quote. Oh, by using the word hysterical? Yeah, I think he thought it was entertainment for him. Right. From that quote. Got it. And then, so we're going to get into one of the most infamous moments of her being incredibly wrong again and again. And this was again once on the Montel Williams show. And it's when she spoke to Amanda Berry's mom about her whereabouts. So we're going to get into Amanda Berry's story. And uh, this story takes place in Cleveland. And so the day before Amanda Barry's 17th birthday, she got up and got ready for work. And she remembers considering calling off because it was her birthday the next day. And I am assuming that's like probably one of her biggest regrets in her life. And that question would really haunt her for like the next 10 Mm. years. So after work, she was walking home and that's when she saw a van in a driveway and she glanced over and thought she recognized the girl sitting in the passenger seat. And it appeared to be someone she knew from school, and she assumed it was their dad. The man in the van, um, his name was Ariel Castro, and he was an elementary school bus driver and one of Amanda's classmates' dads. So she did really recognize him. So she's still walking. The same van appears later and slows down, and it is now just the man by himself. And he asks if she needs a ride home. She says yes, and then she asks where his daughter is, and he said that he dropped her off at home and offers for Amanda to go see her. Castro's daughter, uh, so the man's daughter, isn't living with him at this time. She's living with her mom in another neighborhood. But Amanda jumps in the car. I mean, she doesn't know this. And when they get to Castro's uh, house, he claims that the daughter is taking a bath, and she will just have to wait. And while That's like creepy in itself. I don't know why. I didn't, just like, yeah. Oh. Anyway. And so, and so as a, like, they're sitting there, and he's like, oh, to kill some time, let me end up... Let me just show you around the house a little bit. And so he walks her around the house and she sees another girl there watching TV. The girl doesn't say anything, kind of doesn't even like acknowledge that they're there. Um, and Castro doesn't even give an explanation to Amanda who the girl sorry, this is. Isn't, this isn't the daughter again, right? It's just a no, random chick. A random girl. Wow. She doesn't know who she is. Okay. And so this girl's name is Michelle Knight. And she, at that point, had already been held captive for a year at the house. Fuck. So disgusting. So then he proceeds to take Amanda to the basement. Mm. 
where he taped her wrist, he tied a belt around her ankle and placed a helmet over her head and left her in the dark with the TV on. Oh, my God. Ariel Castro would hold her captive for the next 10 years, along with two other girls. For the next 10 years, Amanda was starved, tortured, and sexually abused by Castro. She said that she remembers yelling out for help in that moment. and, And in that exact moment... She, like, had this feeling like, I'm never going to be able to escape this house. Um, oh, so, God. can you even imagine, like, it's just dawning on you, like, I'm trapped here. This is the rest of my life. Yeah. And so... I, I would just give up. So, yeah, I would just be like, nope, I'm dead. Bye. Yeah, I can't... I mean, I don't even know how you would respond to that moment. It, I feel like it, it'd be hard to even comprehend what just happened to you. And then after four days, her story had made national headlines and she starts. So she's left in the basement with the TV on. So she starts to see her mother and sister on TV. She said, and this is what she says, a quote from her. They kept me going. You know what? I'm going to make it home to you. As long as you fight, I am going to fight. So after a week of Amanda missing, Amanda's family received a phone call from Amanda's cell phone. Um, So Castro stupidly used her cell phone and said, I have Mandy. And they said that Mandy was like a pet name that only people who are really close to her would call her. He also said, she wants to be with me. And then just, like, hung up the phone. Oh, my God. So this was in 2003. The FBI was just starting to be able to track cell phone locations at this time. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. You know, they just ping or triangulate some crazy tech shit. Yeah. I guess it wasn't around as long or as easy as they make it on the shows I watch. Yeah, so, like, (laughs) today, obviously, if you're, like, looking for your phone, you can see it's in your house. Or if you know you can leave it, like... You left at Target. Okay. But at this point, they only could narrow it down to like a 30 to 40 block. And so they spent a week nonstop looking in that area, but they never found any leads. Oh, horrific. So he ended up moving her into this tiny, dirty room. They said it was about the size of a closet. Oh, my God. She had to use a bucket as a toilet. And once a day, Castro would give her something like a bag of chips or crackers to eat. So you can imagine nothing with nutrients. Imagine how hungry you would be. She said that everything came at a price and she always ended up having to pay for it in some horrendous way. And even as something as small as a shower once a week, she would, like, usually it sounds so like... like, you have to pay in sexual favors. Yeah, sexual... Ugh, disgusting. So after a few weeks, he asked if she wanted anything and she asked for a journal. Um, and he did give her one and she ended up using it as like a diary to report how many times she was sexually abused because she was hopeful that one day he would have to pay for what he did. She would use a code to report the amount of times he sexually abused oh her God. and dreams and had dreams of the diary being used as evidence for why he should be locked up. Mm. Which is like good. She kept hope the whole time, but that's so disgusting that she had to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like how horrific you have to re-traumatize yourself and like mark every time you've been yeah god bless her seriously oh my god it's horrific he kept so he kept taunting her that once he found another girl he would let her go about a year later he ended up kidnapping another girl who was close friends with his daughter and her name was gina jesus it is said that the father even... This is disgusting. It's said that um, Gina's father even came over to Castro's house looking for Gina. <gasps> he told Gina... you G- fucking imagine? No. That poor father. He told Gina that his daughter Arlene was lost and he needed help. Oh needed helping her or need help finding her. 
Gina jumped in the car and then was then driven to his house to not leave for another nine years. Nine so, years. So is this in concurrent with Amanda? So like she said she was there for 10. Yeah. So it was a year later he found her. Got it. Another girl. Got Gina. it. So it's not like 19 years now. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So Amanda, again, she's in the tiny room um, in the closet. I'm sure she was moved to the basement occasionally. But a lot of times it sounded like there was a TV running on. And she said she recalls watching the Montel Williams show. And she just would constantly have like this daydream of like her mom being on the show and like Sylvia Brown telling her mom like that she's alive and that she's okay. Like giving so maybe her, maybe she's a medium. I, but I think at that point you stretch for any little bit of hope or anything to keep you going. I don't know that. I don't think that's being a medium. I think that's just reaching I'm for something saying. to give you hope. At that you know, I think I'm just going for the opportunity here. <laughs> I think that's just optimism. I think that's daydreaming. Like, oh, wouldn't it be perfect if my mom went on this show and they told her where I was? But maybe she manifested it. But her mother did really end up appearing on the Montel Williams show, which I mentioned earlier, to speak to Sylvia Brown about what happened to her daughter. And this is devastating. She quickly replied, she's not alive, honey. Brown told Miller Honey that's so kind of fucking sending Like first of all you're talking to A victim's mother and second of all Like don't use the word honey No in that context Never call call me honey Especially on national television Sweetie or especially after What I've been through Mm -mm. And she then Proceeded to say your daughter's not the kind Who wouldn't call Mm. And Amanda like to me, this is kind of mind-blowing that she caught this because uh, Amanda said she remembers watching the show and she just immediately started crying and she just, you can't imagine, she just couldn't stop crying because she was watching her mom cry. So imagine that reaction oh of seeing like your mom hearing that you're not alive. And this is heartbreaking. So her mom actually ended up dying three years later of heart failure. Oh my God. And when her mom was asked about what Sylvia told her, she believed, she said she believed it 98%. She like, like, you know what I mean? that There's the 2%. She's like, maybe she's still alive, but she said in her heart, she thought 98% that Amanda wasn't alive. So how fucking sad. And so at the age of 20, um, 20 years later, or sorry, let me rewind that. At the age of 23 years later, later, Amanda became pregnant and she, she explains in an interview, she was terrified. She wasn't eating because she was basically being starved to death, just getting enough food to make it by. And she was chained to a wall at this point. Um, And you can imagine being pregnant, all the things you go through, and she just had a bucket for a bathroom. And they said in uh, in 2006, on Christmas Day, Barry went into labor. Oh, my God. And Castro placed a kid's swimming pool on top of the bed, and that's where her daughter, Jocelyn, was born. So Gina, the other prisoner I referred to earlier. uh, I like the word prisoner. Good word choice. Yeah, they are prisoners. They are, 100%. Uh, in the interview said that Jocelyn was the best gift they all like could ever have had in this experience. She said that uh, when she could play and take care of Jocelyn, she could momentarily escape the hell she was living in. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine like having a kid there. 
And <sighs> it's kind of crazy to me, like, the kid wouldn't know any other kind of reality. One small blessing, right? Yeah. In the, his hellish life thus far. <laughs> yeah. So when Jocelyn was a toddler, she would ask about the chains on her mom. And Amanda remembers her telling her that they were, just, like, playing it off. Like, she doesn't want to, try, like, scare her kids. She's like, oh, they're just my, my, my brace, mom's bracelets. <laughs> so finally, when Jocelyn was around the age of three, Castro finally took the chains off of her. She said the only reason he did it was because of Jocelyn. So I think having the kid... In a weird, fucked up way, I'll say, kind of mm-hmm. softened him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still a monster, but sure. As Joss, it let, it let him slip to get you know not slip, but like to loosen the change, proverbial and actual yeah, change, literally, yeah. And so, as Jocelyn became a little bit older, uh, Castro would allow her to have more freedom than the other girls. So he's always she's a favorite. She was normally locked up with the three girls, but occasionally she was allowed to go in the backyard to the to the park. And I was kind of amazed by this. Sometimes he would even take her to Sunday services. And nobody asked, like, who's this little girl? Like, I'm sure they did, but I'm sure you could blow it off. Like, it's a niece visiting. I mean, who would question that? Yeah, I wouldn't. I guess, I guess. Yeah. On May 6, 2013, 10 years later, Jocelyn goes downstairs and comes back to Gina and runs up to her and says she can't find Daddy anywhere. Amanda said her heart just, like, started pounding in her chest and she started thinking, like, is this my chance? If if he's not around, go for it, girl. Like I'm, if I'm going to do it, I have to do it now. Get it, Amanda. And go, it's like go, a, go. And it was amazing because it was the first time in ten years uh, that her bedroom was unlocked without Castro being around. And oh she God. knew. Ten, can, can you imagine a being locked in a stranger's room? B like B for ten fucking years. No, and can you imagine? Hell to no, but the fact that you have this thought, like, I can get out, but how much your heart would be beating out of your chest. I, t- I can't even. No, I can't even imagine. to fathom. Like, it's really brave. Yes. And she said she knew downstairs the front door was open, but it was also wired with an alarm. And also behind that door was a storm door that was padlocked shut. So she decides she's she's going to go for it. She takes the chance and yeah, she runs downsta- downstairs and squeezes her arm out of the door. Which you would imagine got to be really skinny at this point. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. Food, right? <laughs> yeah. Shit. Uh, and she's yelling for help. And she said uh, one person walks by and decides to do absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not, to be honest. Again, you, my point, people are shitty. But I'm not surprised by like that. I think very people are so passive sometimes. Cause people are assholes. <laughs> and but another neighbor does come over. Um, his name's Charles Ramsey, and he runs up and he tries to open the door. And he start. He said he starts to like kick it open, and then Amanda, like, can you imagine the adrenaline rushing? Uh, ends up kicking down the door with him. Wow. And so on May 6, 2013, 10 years later, the city of Cleveland witnessed a miracle when Amanda Berry called 911 from a neighbor's phone. And she says, I've been kidnapped and I've been missing for 10 years. I'm here. I'm free now. Oh, my God. On August 1st, 2013, Castro was sentenced to life. Plus a thousand years in prison after he pleaded guilty to 937 counts of kidnapping and rape. 
At that point, how the fuck do you even calculate? No, I don't. But she had that diary. Oh, that's right. To keep track of everything. And that's probably only... I'm sure I, like, the other girls... I don't know if they kept count. I'm assuming they probably didn't. On September 3rd, 2013, he was found dead in his prison cell. He had killed himself. And pussy. Yeah, that's Coward. But by then, um, which makes me happy, they did end up demolishing his house. It is a garden now. Okay. Two years later, Amanda and Gina both graduated from high school. And they were a lot closer than, because there was three prisoners. Mm -hmm. Amanda and Gina, they don't have any ill feelings to the other girl, but uh, they were much closer. Okay. So they end up writing together a memoir. It's called Hope, a Memoir of Survival in Cleveland. Mm. And so Amanda now works with a local news station, and she covers missing children and adults in the Cleveland area. And so she, they what? all... Um, I didn't want to get too far what into a it. hero. I know. Amazing, right? Can we be her when we grow up? Yeah. I mean, the trauma that she experienced. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Especially she, like, it was a mo- like a mom. And um, I remember listening to this story on Oprah. And most of this came from an interview she did with like ABC. And she wrote a, like it was she wrote her own book. But each of them, I didn't want to get into it, but each of them like move forward and paid it back like through their trauma and their experience Mm -hmm. they gave back and they're all doing contributing to society in great ways incredible women to be able to come through something like that yeah exactly and help others like the fact that you can leave your home after that like to live honestly the fact that you could live yeah and function yep so tying it all back to sylvia brown this isn't the first time that she was wrong about a missing kids case on the again montel williams show can't believe he gave her that platform Mm. but i'm gonna go over a few briefly uh in 1999 a six-year-old his name was opal joe jennings went missing in texas and her distraught i said his it's actually a girl sorry her distraught grandmother went on the montel williams show and said this is too much for my family and me to handle we want her back. I need to know where Opal is. I can't stand this. I need your help, Sylvia. Where is Opal? Where is she? Oh, my God. And yet she... It's all bullshit. And so Sylvia then replied, She's not dead, but what bothers me... Now, I've never heard of this before, but she was taken and put into some kind of slavery thing and taken into Japan. Like sex trade? I don't know. And she says the place is Kakuro. And then Montel Williams, in a moment, everyone's like a stunned silence. Kakuro? Like not even a real fucking place. No. In Japan. Doesn't exist. No, it doesn't exist. What the fuck? And she goes on to say, so she was taken and put on some kind of boat or a plane and, and taken into white slavery. What the And fuck? again, she was proven wrong. Opal's body was eventually found buried in Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, my God. It was concluded that Opal was murdered the night that she was kidnapped. So there's no way in hell she ended up in Japan. Because we know how long that fight would be. You would not make it there in time. And if you're going to fucking make shit up, at least use a real goddamn city. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, what the you fuck? You sound like an idiot. Um, and then again, in 2002, Brown told the parents of a missing 11, 11-year-old Sean 
John uh, Hornbeck on the mount, the Saint on the show that the child was dead and kidnapped by a dark skinned man with dreadlocks. Of course, of course, she's gonna fucking throw that up. Don't yeah, let me start it right now. I can't. I'm, I'm already mad. Yeah. So like, Hornbeck. <laughs> so Hornbeck was found alive in 2007. So was alive again. And his accused kidnapper uh, was Michael Devlin, and he was white and short haired. Wow. Yeah, so obviously going for the racial stereotypes mm-hmm. there. Um, Hornbeck's stepfather, Craig Akers, told Anderson Cooper that Brown offered to do a more extensive psychic reading off camera for $700. So there she was, again, peddling for more money, and she denied the claim. And then I'm going to leave it with this. So when she was asked about her inaccurate prediction, prediction, she responded with the same sentence with the same sentence that she said in the past. Only God is right all the time. Okay, honey. like a, what a cop out. But then why the fuck are you a psychic claiming to be right all the time? Yeah, and don't get paid for if you are so inaccurate. And don't blame it on motherfucking God. Like, don't <laughs> do that. Like, no, you own up to your shit. You fucked up, you lied to families, and you took advantage. Like, fuck you. Yeah, but the fact that she, to me, is crazy that she still had this huge following when it was aired on national television how wrong she was. And it wasn't just one time. It was over and over again. These stories would go viral, and she was completely off the mark. And, like, the trauma and... Just what she, the stress she caused these families who are already in such a dark, deep place. Yeah, oh my God. Like, how could she do that once and then all her followers still, I mean, there's people today who still worship her, think she's the, buy her books. She has, um, I should, I wanted to get into it, but I honestly, I'm sure. Was she ever convicted of anything? No, I don't think so. But she even had her own religion. If you go on her website, she has fucking serious. Yes, there's too much information. She is. I feel like we could do a whole episode on her sometime. We will. Yeah. Yeah, but that is Sylvia Brown and solving quote unquote murder cases. Kisses. Kisses. (laughs) No, I don't want to kiss that bitch. Wow, dude. Good job. Thanks. So. Officially done talking because that was a long story. Sure was, but it was a really good one. And we are now going to get into Krista's story. Yay! Um, so today, Amy, I am bringing it home literally with a local uh, medium from Phoenix. Oh, so cool. Yeah. So I really, honestly, I should have followed my gut instinct um, on this one and believing that people kind of suck. Um, but instead, I chose to believe a very, very Hollywoodized depiction of this person as a legitimately, as a legitimate medium and, and, and as one that did so to use use her abilities to solve crimes right here in our beautiful state of Arizona. And while she's not a total piece of shit like Sylvia here, um, she evidently is not all the show um, that was based off of her life made her seem. I mean, Sylvia is a high bar to reach. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So again, um, not as total piece of shit, but today I am covering Alison Dubois. I've never heard of her. Yeah, she was born right here in uh, Phoenix in uh, 1972 and even attended Corona Del High Del Sol High, where so many of my college friends attended. So what's up, y'all? Is that I, uh, I think it is, okay. actually. Okay. Yeah, it's probably pretty close to where we're at right now. Um, <clears throat> 
So, um, I also remember Allison, um, as if I know her personally, I remember moving. (laughs) We are so tight. She communicates with me with, uh, what's it called? ESP. No, that's extrasensory perception. You're quizzing me and I'm being a bad student. No, what the fuck is it? Telepathy. Okay. Right. I fail. Yes. I fail too. I could barely think of the damn word. No. Anyway. Um, I remember moving to. Arizona in 2005 came all this way as you know for college and on my way to various um classes around campus and then later um to internships around the valley I regularly listen to iHeartRadio's Kiss Kiss FM station here the local morning show still exists and they're still amazing um they're called John Jane Rich they I bring them up because they would often have Allison on as a guest and call in so cool Every morning. So since I used to listen and, you know, my heart always believed in mediums and psychics, I was like, whoa, so cool. She's local. And so I was always intrigued with her because of the listening to her on John Jane Rich. Um, she foreshadowed or shall I say predicted the hit success of their morning show. And again, they're still going 10, 15 years yeah, later. Very successful. successful. Yeah. And so she'd answer the host's questions and callers questions often about their man or their wife, what they've been up to, what you doing. But she also my man cheating on me (laughs) wore the roses baby (laughs) Um, but again if you have to send roses and call a radio station like yeah you might need to communicate Mm -hmm. in that relationship a wee bit better anyway in addition to callers questions she also claimed to have communicated with one of the hosts John Jay's dad who had recently passed away that summer so also that summer circa 2005 there was a serial shooter off of Baseline Road. Damn, that's scary. Really scary. So literally, I just moved in to my dorm in Tempe, very close to here uh, right now. And so my parents just left town, going back east. And there's this news that there's a mass shooter from uh, the highway. We've had a few mass shooters. Yeah, man. But it was... What is up with that? I don't think that happens other places. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But anyway, she... I uh, bring that up because Allison claims to have called the Phoenix PD to identify the shooter. Is she right? No, okay. no. They she they they walked that completely back. Um, and actually, that's from the uh, Phoenix New Times article that is called, and I love this article. There's no good proof that the real medium Allison Dubois has ever cracked a case, but her fans don't care i.e. me. <laughs> I'm one of them. I have to say that. But that was written in 2008 by Megan Irwin by my awesome friends at the Phoenix New Times. Um, yeah, she again, she claims to really have been involved in a lot of local cases. Oh. A bit about her early background. As I said, Dubois grew up right here in Phoenix and claims to have realized her ESP abilities starting at the age of six. So, uh, ain't got nothing on your three-year-old Sylvia, (laughs) but similarly to Sylvia, she also has a grandpa story that, um, helps her realize her abilities. So when um, Dubois was about six, her grandfather passed away of cancer and went to the funeral, all the things you do um, with family. When she went home um, that night, she claims to have seen him 
in his younger form at the foot of her bed. That's creepy, Grandpa. That is really fucking creepy. Yeah. Like, I don't, I literally have prayed to my grandmother, like, I know you're there, I feel you, but, like, do not show me. Like, you are not allowed to appear. I cannot see you. No, I would not want to see a ghost. Mm-mm, fuck no. Wait a minute. Do you believe that seeing ghosts is possible? No. No. <laughs> oh, got you I there. I think there's an explanation. Mm. When people think, they're like, oh, this and this happened. I think. Yes, but like, what if you did see your Nana? Like, I you know, just what if, like, what the fuck? First, I would be worried and I'd probably have uh, Corey <laughs> or my, someone check me into the hospital. Oh, my God. I would think I was losing my mind. Like, am I schizophrenic? Like, what's wrong with me? But. Okay. I would literally want to go to the hospital and be like, I am seeing my Nana and I have- <laughs> <laughs> That's hardcore, man. I would honestly want to get like my head checked. That's fucking hardcore. Anyway. You want to? No, I'd just be like, fuck off, get out of my house. You would talk to your grandparents like that. Well, of course not. Yeah. No, please. Damn, I'd weird. be like, please, like, no, I can't see you because it's terrifying. That's rude too, though. I can't. Hey, Granny, can you leave? Oh, no. I already told her, though, because anyway. So you're a medium now? I am. I'm 100 um, percent. Are you going to start charging me? <laughs> for the hour? Yeah, you're like, this podcast pro- <laughs> experience with you. $1,400 an hour. Not free. Yeah. Like if I were, like I said, business, she's making money moves, but, or was making money moves. Um, I'm so surprised she's not canceled. How is she not cancel cultured? That's another topic, but anyway. Yeah, because, I mean, everyone was, like, retweeting her story. The like, fuck? Or, like, her prediction, you know what I mean? About COVID, right? Yeah. That's so, some bullshit. Anyway. I think it's because people don't know enough about her. Like, how much of a con artist she is? Yeah. yeah. All right, well, back to Allison. Um, she saw her grandpa at the edge of her bed when she was about six, and um, she said he looked happy and healthy and glowing, and... Um, he said, tell your mom I'm okay now. I'm happy. I'm healthy now. And so, so it, that's sweet. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. And so she did. She told her mom, she got outside of bed, middle of the night, she wakes her mom up and her mom basically is like, go the fuck back to bed. Is this my child? <laughs> I hope you, no man, I'd be, like I said, if my kid's telling me that they're seeing dead people, I would immediately look up parapsychologists because I believe in that shit and I'm not trying to dismiss a child's you know I wouldn't dismiss it because you shouldn't do that to a child but I also be like wow they really believe in their imaginary friend <laughs> you're cold man a lot of you cold I'm not cold <laughs> it's I, your belief I get it I would just mess like, with okay, you honey that's nice you're trying to make me feel better sure I appreciate sure. your effort as well her mom maybe when she got older like if they're 20 and I don't know. I'm still conflicted. I would be a little worried about my kid. Well, that me too, because I don't want them seeing dead people. I would be worried they had something wrong with them. Oh, well. They were messed up in the head. <laughs> no, I, anyway. What kind of drugs are you taking? Oh my God. So she saw her grandpa. Mom's like, go back to bed. I don't believe you. And that was really her uh, coming into mediumship story. Uh, Dubois is married to her husband, Joe Klupar. I wonder if her mom now believes her. That's a really great question. I don't know if she's still alive. I'd have to look that up. It's just interesting. To, it would be interesting to know. Because obviously from I'm yeah, cause she's going, you're going to tell me she's a psychic and all this. And she's very a very successful one at that, which we'll get I to. Wonder, like what her relationship was like with her mom. I think it was pretty fraught. 
from what I read in the Phoenix New Times article, um, that her, her family life was pretty rocky from what I well, read. If she truly believed she was a psychic and her family didn't believe her. I could imagine it would be hard to have a healthy relationship with them. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I'd be pissed if she, you know, if indeed I did communicate with the dead and no one believed me, I'd be pissed. <laughs> I have stories about that, but that's for another time. Anyway, so Dubois is married to uh, Joe Klubar. Um, they, he actually changed his name to her last name. So I love that. Yeah, I do too. I honestly but, think in society, it's such a archaic old mindset that women have to do that. Mm-hmm. Cause honestly, women are the ones who carry the baby. Oh, Lord knows. And all the sacrifices they make. I Everything we do. Men should take our name on. Snaps, snaps, I tried, snaps. I tried to sell that to Corey and it didn't go well. Didn't go well. And I also, have you, like a new trend, I don't know if you know this, people are, instead of taking um, their husband's last name and the husband taking their, like, the wife or any, I should say husband and wife, just partner. Mm-hmm. They're like blending their last names together. Oh, that's so cool. So I don't know if you remember this, but me and Corey, our Wi-Fi um, network name at our last house, because I tried to do that, it was Hickle. Yeah, I do remember. So my last name is Holt, and then my husband's uh, last name is Nickel, so I combined it together as Hickle, which I really don't like. But it was just oh, Yeah, the, maybe you got to do it the other way, but... Cool. Hokel. It was kind of just a joke, but so that was anyway. our uh, network name. I love that. I didn't know people were doing that. Yeah. It's like a new thing people do. It's not very common. Badass. I like it. Well, I ended up never even changing my last name legally. Thank fuck. But uh, that's, again, another story for another time. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I, I think for me, I might keep my last name because I always identify as Holt because I grew up in one of my best friends. Her name was Amy. So that's really like identity mm-hmm. for me. Oh, yeah. It's your thing. Holtster. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck that. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was weird. That was fucking really weird. Anyway, uh, she is married to her husband who took her last name. And I think was more of a PR campaign, but regardless, good for them. They have three daughters and she believes that at least one of her daughters share her psychic abilities. Okay. Um, in her own words. She me of Sylvia. Like she thought it was passed down. Yes. Yeah. And I personally believe that too that it comes from matriarchal lines uh in my believership um okay so in her own words and from her podcast a dead life with Alison dubois on an episode called my life it aired uh recently ish this year february 2021 she reverses roles with her husband joe and is actually interviewed by him Um, This is a very minor snippet from the interview regarding her purported abilities. Joe asks her, what are some of your abilities? Quote, Allison says, I talk to the dead. I can predict future events and I can tap into people's energy and feel their motive, which is what I do when it comes to criminals. Also, I'd apply it to clients sometimes if they want to know where their husband is. I use that sometimes, too. She goes then on to say, I try to use it for good. I try. End quote. I think it's very convenient that she chose her husband to interview her. <laughs> well, yes, he is a very, I should say, in the show, they portray him this way. I'm going to get to the show in a minute. But um, they portray him as a staunch believer in her. And in the New Times article I read, in real life, he is as well. Yeah, I mean, you would hope your partner would uh, support you. But I also think it's interesting that she chose her husband to interview her. I can understand, like, they have a relationship, so that would have it 
interesting like dynamic to it but I also think it's very convenient because he probably didn't ask her any hard questions yeah no he probably did prove like she actually has psychic abilities right well but you know what's weird though I believe in real life I have to double check this, but in, in the show, he's an, he's an engineer, an aeronautical engineer, actually. Oh, wow. So you, that's impressive. isn't it? I just think it's really cool how an engineering mind wouldn't necessarily openly believe that their wife's a psychic, Yeah, you know? And I think that's really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what we're doing. Like we're just trying to test each other and like really opening up the lines of like the other person's perspective. And I just think that's so cool. So I agree. I feel like a lot note. of people can't have a conversation so openly all the time from conflicting views. Right. Lord, don't get me started on that conversation right now. <laughs> don't <laughs> let's have another time. But yes. Um, anyway, she's going to make this like Facebook comments. No, fuck no. We don't have time for that. But so I really do appreciate that she at least claims that she's using it for good. So, you know, proving me wrong that people are inherently shitty. You know, she's. I was supposedly using it for good, but she really does um, well, make any, a career for herself. So anyone with a certain amount of power, charisma, they do have to ultimately make the choice: Do I want to use my talent and skills mm-hmm. for good, or do I want to use it to uh, make money? Make money, yeah. Make like for selfish reasons, right? And exploit that power absolutely um so with that she a little bit more in her career she did graduate uh from one of our local universities that we may or may not work for um, with a BA in political science um and then later in college uh she did actually work for the phoenix district attorney's office although not nearly in the capacity that the show makes her and i'm gonna get into that show in just a minute makes her look um like she was so involved in solving murder cases in phoenix she murder kisses like earlier cases no um anyway she um is also uh not just a medium but an american author and self-described quote medium profiler i really thought that was interesting like she prefers that term over psychic and or medium okay interesting um i think it's because again it's like PR slime, but I'm going to get into that. She has uh, five books. Um, You can look it up. I don't feel like reading them all right now, but one of them, Don't Kiss Them Goodbye, was actually the um, inspiration for uh, the show that medium that we'll cover shortly. Again, she prefers the term medium profiler over psychic or medium. And again, I personally think it's a PR stunt and a very fucking savvy one at that. This is like the PR girl. That is like her subject. Thank you, ma'am. We have the artists and the PR gal. Um, Where am I going with this? Oh, anyway, I think it's a PR stunt because it it was so savvy in branding because there's the skeptics like you out there who are like, oh, bullshit, medium psychic with the word medium profile. It really allows her to quote unquote, attach herself to these um, law enforcement in a much more authentic way than just saying I'm a psychic and let me help you solve these crimes. Like Sylvia's bullshit ass. I mean, to me, medium profiler sounds more legit than um, psychic. Right. And you ever see that on a resume, I'd be be more impressed. You would. You actually would. I mean, <laughs> are you interviewing for personal media? I'm also. <laughs> do, do psychics have resumes? <laughs> I, 
I don't know. <laughs> In the top of yeah. their like masthead. Oh my god, I love it. Um anyway. I, I will have this job. <laughs> <laughs> to your point, uh, as I covered earlier, psychic and medium have very uh, negative connotations in greater society. Um, but even more so, and especially in law enforcement in the scientific and medical medical communities. And as I also covered earlier, um, the science community, just as a recap, does not accept any form of ESP, mediumship, or psychic abilities as a legitimate, naturally occurring phenomena. So word debunked y'all by those who believe in science. Um, all right, but back to her medium profiler title and her abilities for good. We're going to enter the hit TV show Medium, which I have now mentioned several times. This inspiration actually came um, from her book, Don't Kiss Them Goodbye. Um, it ran on NBC and CBS from 2005 and until 2011. I've never heard of it. I'm not going yeah, it's, to. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I, I just randomly found it and I... I binged it. Um, it stars the talented uh, Patricia Arquette and it was created by Glenn Gordon Karen. So back to her medium profiler title and using her abilities for quote unquote good and enter the network hit TV show medium, which you've never seen, right? No, never heard of it. Yeah. I, why don't I forget when I watched it? Maybe who five or so years ago, mm-hmm. and I just binged it, and like I I was obsessed with it. No, I have to watch an episode. Yeah, it's Especially really really good. This. So good. Um, the acting, Patricia Arquette's great, which I'll get into in a minute. But um, the others, yeah. But again, since I love psychics, mediums, anything metaphysical, I was like so cool. And there was that local tie. Like it was so like so many scenes were depicted in Phoenix, which I love. Yeah. I would like to watch it just for that reason. Yeah. And again, I don't, it it was probably honestly a Hollywood set, but they did a really good job of mimicking downtown and like the downtown Phoenix vibe. Nice. No, I would, I would, I would enjoy it. Even like, I don't believe in psychics. I like, yeah. I mean, a lot of people enjoyed it too, because it ran from, um, on both NBC and CBS from 2005 to 2011. Oh, wow. So, you know, pretty big to have your life be based or show be based on your life and running for that long on two major networks. So she must be rich. Yes, she is. We'll get to that. And the star, the show medium stars Patricia Arquette, who I just mentioned. She is not only known for medium. She's also known for stigmata boyhood. I don't know what the fuck that is. But anyway, look her up on IMDb. She's a really awesome American actress. Uh, the show was beautiful blonde. Yes. Stunning. I think she's related to David Arquette, but I don't know. Anyway, look it up. She's she's talented as hell. For the show, Dubois was actually consultant. And to this day, she claims she has visions of both the past, present and the future. But that that her visions today come from come to her mainly in the form of dreams and that these dreams allegedly helped her solve crimes as depicted on nearly every episode. So I'll get to this. Sounds like she doesn't have very restful sleeping. (laughs) She's solving murder in her sleep. Can you imagine? Yeah. You'd wake it's, up and you'd be like, damn, that was like the worst night's sleep. I saw someone get like killed last night. Well, and in this show, it's very graphic. Like some of the crimes that they... I would be going to the doctor. I'm like, can you give me something to knock me out? Because I don't want to see this in my sleep anymore. Well, I think that's why... And again, these are fictionalized versions, but like a lot of people that characters in any 
show or movie that have these abilities are like heavy drinkers because they use it to silence the dead so oh, to speak right Be- because you you don't want to see them to your point like no like it would be there's you maybe that's why i drink so much oh my god i am a medium <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be like one thing because she isn't helping solve crimes if it's true or all law enforcement that she claims to have worked for i'll get to it deny ever working with her to solve crimes oh they're like i don't want her name attached right Right. But yeah, uh, whether or not she did solve the crimes or not, she did create that hit of a TV show. It still has, uh, sorry, it has 130 episodes, seven seasons, and still airs worldwide to this day. So like you said, Mitch is rich. Making that money, royalties, get it, girl. And so while the show is definitely not an exact depiction of her life, it did garner her inspiration, again, from her book, Don't Kiss Them Goodbye. She says, quote, from her website, that every episode is not a biography of my life. It is simply based on my life experiences. Okay, so like most... Most TV shows and movies based off any true story. Bingo. And she goes on to say it is an accurate portrayal of the my life whom the people I shared it with, with a little Hollywood magic thrown in. Just, you know, just toss it in there. I mean, if you get Patricia Arquette uh, being you in real life, like. Yeah, yeah, take, fuck, yeah take Hollywood, advantage. Like, that's Hollywood there. But tying the show back to me the show medium back to our show today on psychic solving crimes. Again, it's not her real life, but the show focuses so heavily on Dubois ESP and mediumship to solve crimes as a consultant for the Texas Rangers, which PS, I think that was Opal's case that you covered earlier. Oh, okay. That's cool. That, yeah. yeah. And she claims to, in the Phoenix new times article, have contacted the Texas Rangers in real life about Opal's case. Wow, full circle here. Yep. Um, and then later uh, in the show, um, she is featured as basically like the right-hand woman and consultant to the Phoenix district attorney. And they all said this isn't true, basically. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So fictional, and to my knowledge, um, in real life, she's never been credited ever with solely solving any crimes here in Phoenix or in Texas, as it was portrayed on the show. Were you disappointed? I was. Unfortunately, like you're saying, any real life claims of Dubois working with law enforcement have totally been walked back by both agencies. So Phoenix PD, District Attorney's Office, Phoenix, and Texas Rangers. Sorry, Texas Rangers to me sounds like a... Superman. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, it's actually uh, an elite squad of Texas, but they are very cowboyish or, or the way that they dress still yeah. is very cartoonish, but it's like a very elite police force okay. in the state of Texas. So I don't know. But yeah, it does sound very like Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> I don't know. I'm picturing that in my head and they have like the big sheriff, uh, like big star belt. Yes, and I think they do. Okay, we're going to have to look that up later. Or like bucket hat, like big ass hat, gallon hats. That's the word I was looking for, gallon hats. What's a gallon hat compared to bucket hat? Um, gallon hats are like big ass cowboy hats. Oh, okay. Like cartoony ones, like Yosemite Sam. Okay, very cool. Anyway, so with her becoming quote unquote famous a medium locally um, via the show, um, the real life Allison later became a fixture uh, herself in Hollywood as part of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Have you ever watched it? Fuck no. I haven't either. My trash is true crime and dead people and this stuff, as you know. <laughs> That's my TV trash. I, 
I know myself because if I started watching it, I would get sucked in. Yeah, but you did suck me into fucking selling sunset. Yes, it's addictive. You biatch, but yeah, we're going to have a selling sunset party for everyone listening if yes. you want to join us. And Jason and Cushel are together. Ah! So cute. <laughs> we're actually invested. I'm, I cried in the divorce scene. Who didn't? If you watch that show, how Okay, you but cry? like I really cried because I have literally, I've just been divorced and then man it hit home man and I'm like sitting here like how am I crying to this bullshit reality tv show but I was so invested no, but I love it because like the funniest part it wasn't funny we were crying but it was funny because Corey walked by and, oh, yeah. and he sees the sun, sunset on and you're bawling incredibly and he's like oh, I'm just gonna <laughs> let him mosey on down the hall yeah like, I don't know what those two are up to again. <laughs> he never knows <laughs> okay sorry back to Allison uh so becoming her own fixture in Hollywood um she on this episode we gotta watch this too we do so on this episode of Housewives of Beverly Hills in 2010 she uh, appeared as a dinner party guest hosted by Camille Grammer side note the connection there is that Kelsey Grammer actually founded or produced Medium excuse me founded the show Medium because Allison had been on a um uh, what do you call it? Audition mm-hmm. for another show that was going to be called Oracle, where it was basically reality TV shows following the lives of mediums and psychics around. Okay, very cool. And she didn't get that role, but Kelsey Grammer had seen her audition and apparently read her book. I don't know where that connection came in, but anyway, he. Would you ever read her book? Yeah, I would. Definitely. Definitely now with more skepticism, thanks to you, but I, I would certainly. Not thanks to me, thanks to your research. That's right. So anyway, she was on this show at a dinner party hosted uh, by Camille Grammer because, again, the connection with Kelsey Grammer being the producer of Medium, the show Medium. So apparently while she was wasted, no judgment at all, girl. Mm-mm, not from us, too. Dubois was wasted. Okay. Yep. Apparently now she. Now we gotta even watch <laughs> yeah. I want to see a drunk psychic. Yes. We got shows to watch from this episode. Yeah. Um, so, But apparently she made some vicious remarks about another woman and instigated a major confrontation between two other dinner party guests, basically saying, you're going to get a divorce. Drama. Yeah, girl. It blew up into some seriously awesome reality TV drama. Did they end up getting divorced, you know? I don't. Okay, stay don't. tuned. We will watch the show for you guys. Ask <laughs> research and let you guys know. Well, just pure research yes. purposes <laughs> alone. Um, Honey, I'm watching, what is it, Real Housewives for Research. <laughs> Oh my God. But speaking of, of realness and the housewives, Allison's medium profiling abilities were tested as if they, to see if they were real. Um, she was tested right here, actually, uh, down in, in your house, right here, right now by me. And I say she's medium <laughs> check. No, um, in, in Tucson, Arizona, okay. um, by a, um, parapsychologist named Gary Schwartz. This is from Wikipedia. Schwartz claims that his research actually supports Dubois' psychic abilities. While skeptics have pointed out flaws in both uh, her claims and Schwartz's research, he still, end quote, he still claims that what he studied of her proves that she's a medium. I would love to go out... Like, can we ask Dua? Should hang out with us for a day? Oh, we totally... I mean, we probably have to pay her, though, because she's, like, at that status oh, now. Okay. You know what I mean? Quote, like, a low-level celeb, but... <laughs> there are a few skeptics. Woo-woo! 
as you are not surprised. Uh, Amy Holt. <laughs> Amy Holt, number one, specific to Allison's case uh, and the research that Schwartz did on her. Paul Kurtz, Ray Hyman, and James Randi all say people such as Dubois give the appearance of psychic powers through, as we covered earlier, cold reading techniques. And just a quick recap, that's when you, um, a psychic uses a person's appearance, anything observable to the eye. Mm -hmm. You have a reaction to a word. Exactly. Or a a name. Exactly. And And so anything that the psychic could observe visually with the eye, uh, the way you dress even, the way you look, the way you move or react exactly, then to make broad sweeping conclusions about the person's life. Ring on the finger as we discussed earlier. What was your degree again? It was... Political science. Okay. So psychology for a second. But it could be good bullshit, right? Because in in political world, you do have to be a bullshit artist. Uh, So Schwartz claims that she contacted or connected with his friend that recently passed who said to her I don't walk alone apparently Schwartz thought this was in reference to the friend's confinement to a wheelchair which Dubois could not have known according to Schwartz but Wait, I'm confused. so in his research he was testing her abilities yeah. Schwartz and Dubois claims to have heard the friend of Schwartz say I don't walk alone like that's how she communicated with this supposed friend. Okay. Schwartz understood. So this is a dead friend or passed on friend, right? But Schwartz took that comment to understand because that friend had been in a, in a wheelchair in life. Mm-hmm. She That's what he claimed that she was referencing to. Oh, okay. And he could just be really reading into what she's saying. Exactly. And like applying his own meaning to it. Exactly. So all the three skeptics I mentioned above agree that Schwartz left to an unsupportable conclusion uh, or several unsupportable conclusions and that the experiments were allegedly yielded positive results because they weren't conducted with actual scientific controls or protocol, obviously, even for me. (laughs) So... Anyway, while Dubois has cashed in on this unique gift, the girl has, I mean, she's getting them royalties from NBC and CBS. So get it. She one of those like huge houses in Paradise Valley. Oh, I bet mountains. she, oh my God, she, let's go find it. Let's go. I bet she does. While Dubois did cash in on and has still is cashing in on this unique gift and having many believers uh, and by the way, she, on her podcast, she calls all of her followers believers. There is the general consensus that she and other psychics have only done just that, made millions off of people's misfortunes by telling their fortunes. Mm -hmm. So whether or not she actually does connect with the dead, in my humble opinion, I don't care. Um, I'm going to end it with a positive message for anyone experiencing loss or trauma right now. And this is from Allison's website. But you don't care? Oh, sorry. I don't care that I'm sharing it because it's... Oh, okay. I was like, I kind of care if she's a fraud. Oh, no, I, I, yeah, you're right. I do care if she's maliciously using it. I don't believe that she is fully. She's using it to certainly make herself rich. Good for her. Support your family, girl. I can't, you know. Mm, I disagree. I feel like if you're taking advantage of people to elevate yourself, that's not right. Mm. Uh, But anyway, from her website, you can't get around the pain. You must go through it in order to heal. Did she steal that from Oprah? <laughs> that kind of sounds like it. Interesting. And that's my case. Awesome. I loved it. I love the fact that you tied in Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, that's what the sh- that's how the show drew me in. 
and her, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I sat through the radio station in real life and then I saw the show and I was like, holy shit, it's her. That's so cool. It's local. So I don't know, just some Phoenix pride in there. No, awesome. And I feel like now we got a lot of re- like quote unquote research to do, TV watching. Yeah, we do. What is it? Housewives? Uh, uh, sun- I need to watch Medium. Oh, you need to watch Medium and yeah. Selling Sunset, y'all. Don't forget. We will watch it with you, for you, cry, <laughs> laugh. Anyway, this was so much fun. So I'm much fun. We did this. this was a really awesome first episode, like, topic. I think it was a good one. Yeah. Kick it off with. Hope you guys liked it. And yes, and if you stuck with us the whole time, we appreciate it Fucking so love much. you. Yes. Can't even thank you enough. And uh, so on that note, thank you guys so much if you are still here like holy shit thank you yes thank you so much for supporting us and listening this was like for us me and Krista have been (laughs) doing a podcast forever and we're doing it and we're doing it so hope you enjoy and hopefully you get some of your own different perspectives along the way yeah definitely like I feel like the whole part of this uh, journey is for me and Krista to learn from each other Mm -hmm. and hopefully you learn from us exactly so that was awesome and we would leave it on the note Peace be with Cheers. 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 Bye. Music Phantom Fun by Jonathan Boyle from PremiumBeat.com. Podcast edited and produced by Krista Hens and Amy Holt. 